Welcome everyone to another episode of the Distracted Podcast. You are listening to the After School series. You are going to be dropping in on your other co-host, Dan and I, talking to Phil Chang. He is both an entrepreneur and has a day job in IT security. He shares a little bit about his businesses, Precision LED and Think Make Do. You're also going to hear us talk quite a bit about ADHD and how that influenced his development and what he does with it today. And finally, on this extended episode, you're going to be listening to Dan, who is the only one out of the three of us that has a child of his own, talking about having kids or maybe not having kids and how that fits into our lives. So... The Distract Head Podcast. Distracted. Oh, it's Distract. It is the Distract Head Podcast. Yeah, so I work in cybersecurity. So I'm a director of information security and compliance. So we are a renewable energies, electric vehicle charging station distributor, essentially. Uh, so we build and deploy charging stations for anything from residential to like commercial fleet operations, like a FedEx or like a Amazon delivery driver network. Got it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Okay, so you work in IT at a, mm -hmm. what, what kind of company? Uh, electric Vehicle Charging. Oh, so, nice. Is that like a contract company that works through other no, companies? Or is um, it like... Have you heard of like ChargePoint? They're like the Apple of charging industry. Uh, oh, we're yes. It's like a, we're one of the main competitors to a ChargePoint. I live in service. Texas. Like you're a, not, allowed, you're like not a, allowed to have those here. Tesla supercharger, uh, all, Still all the oil idea. over there. Yeah, well, I saw charge points awesome. at like the Whole Foods parking lot. I think. Yeah, you should spit on that, burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to do that <laughs> next, next time I go to pick up some milk. <laughs> How did you? Uh, so okay, you're doing IT security. Is that what you studied when when uh, when you were in school too, or did you? Uh, well, I mean, I was just in like IT specialization, like telecom in the communications college. So uh, like general IT skills, right? Got it. Yeah. yeah. So, so Phil, you didn't, you didn't start off with, with a, with a comm major, right? In college. Uh -uh. So like, I guess, why'd you change? Like, wh why'd you go towards like that field? Uh, so I was all over the place. So I started in... I think an honors program and then like like dual major some honors program and uh like engineering computer science and then two years into that i was like i hate this programming crap mm -hmm. uh and then i switched to business econ and i thought i was going to become an accountant and so i did accounting for like a year and you did then, yeah <laughs> uh oh, and then after know. that i was like not very good at accounting. <laughs> and so I moved over to telecom, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which I guess when I think about it really was more what I enjoyed doing anyway, uh, like tinkering with technology. Um, I was going to say, man, like, well. <laughs> I was going to say you, you picked, you probably picked like the, the path that fits, I feel like your personality and passion. Yeah. Well, so like I did basic accounting, like a was it a one hundred and one or a two hundred and one class, and I did really well. And I was like, oh my god, I think I'm really good at accounting. And then I did the <laughs> next level, like two hundred and two, and I had forgotten everything I learned in the in the first 
semester and I, I just I just died in 202 and I was like, all right, maybe I'm not an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. It's funny how how when things get more challenging, it's like, oh shit, maybe I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's like yeah. the next level, you're like, yeah. oh fuck, it's hard. And um, I have, I've carried a hatred of accounting ever since. Like uh, I don't do any like real serious accounting on my own anymore. I always find people to do it for me. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, a, a lot of it just it's through like systems and stuff now anyway isn't it like i mean yeah. I, I i i mean from a, at a basic level like when you do a business it's a little bit different but hmm. yeah yeah Dude, i don't I, even I, know I, I don't even know accountants that like accounting <laughs> well, i mean that's why they, they make computers do it all now. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they all like keep like, changing the they keep changing like the tax laws all the time so true that's how you get job security true yeah but you also just plug those numbers in and recalculate i mean yeah, like my, yeah, my path from telecom to it security was like also all over the place so like you know i, I did like an internship in in technology at this company called avnet in phoenix right so i was there for a summer and they wanted me to do it sales right uh since i'm like slightly extroverted you know and i enjoy talking about technology and i so i took that job after college right uh and i am a terrible salesman like i can't <laughs> i just i love talking to people about technology i love to recommend what people should buy what i think is useful to them but i'm really bad at selling you something you might not need or even suggesting something you might not need right and a lot of sales you're like pushing for people to buy more stuff regardless of like what's important right you got to make sales numbers Brian and I just had this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I so I have a philosophy, like even internal, like networking in a company, right? Like I don't sell anything to anybody that's not gonna buy it, or like I don't try to convince someone that that they have a problem if they themselves do not see it. Like yeah. it's not it's not uh, a job. I mean, you're trying to fill a need, right? Or like a, a gap and whatever you sell them, whatever they buy has to, has to bring more in return to them. But if they don't see that, there's like no reason to, I mean, there's other people that have plenty of needs. Uh, but yeah. I think, I think you're right though. Like I think the, the approach, like at a lot of companies tend to be kind of like that push to sell sort of thing. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, put <laughs> fucking like people against each other and shit, try to compete so now you know you're using like those sleazy like car salesman ass tactics to do it so i think that's why the it feels greasy and i and i and i see people do that too and, it, and it's just i think it's a wrong, yeah. wrong approach or perception the, but yeah the thing that stuck out to me the most when i was like in my 90 day like probationary period right right out of college they were like just go drive to like mankato right in minnesota i was like living with dan at the time like wake up at 5 a.m in the morning drive two hours to like this other remote town and then just tell the engineers just call them up and be like hey i was in the area but do you guys want some donuts or something <laughs> and then in my head i was like wait you want me to wake up at 5 a.m drive two hours to this other city and then casually act like i was already there um and then be like do you want some food and uh it just i couldn't Swipe at the left. time i couldn't wrap my head around why anyone would do that Cause like, that just sounds so dumb to me. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And then it just like went downhill from there. And then I got fired on like the 
89th day of the probation period, they were like, yeah, we're not, we're good. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, should, that's, should have bought the donuts. Yeah. I was well, like, I mean, <laughs> dude, about that oh, though, man. like, I think that's fucking stupid too. <laughs> like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Think, I'm like, now me, like as an engineer, all these years and these salespeople are always like just showing up in our office or like bringing food. And then all the engineers in the office like donuts, bagels, and they all scurry <laughs> off to the lunchroom. <laughs> I'm like, huh, that shit works. <laughs> I was like, no wonder they told me I should go do that. Like, because people just show up for the food, and then you just like you just start, you know, talking small talk, and then eventually you get somebody who wants to buy something. But like at the time, I was just like, this is dumb. <laughs> was it was it work life mental health conversation happening back then? Like, I think like if we're talking, this is like almost a decade ago right like more than a decade ago it mm -hmm. sounds like oh, more than that man yeah so like was it, so like the whole like because I'm, I'm curious about this too because in the beginning of my career like i used to fucking grind like hard uh probably not healthy <laughs> by any means but like was that around that time like did that mix did other people do they still do that i don't know i don't know that they would or or it should. I'd say it was 15 years ago and it was not a conversation then. It'd be like more like 10 years ago when like a bunch of investment makers probably started dying in New York, right? Like interns yeah, that yeah. made the news headlines. And then the whole conversation about work-life balance and mental health in the workplace, I think started to like become a topic. But yeah. I think when we first started working, at least when I did, it was never a thing. Yeah, it wasn't. That sounds wild to but me. But those like sales tactics that Phil talked about, like that's all the same, man. Now it's just more about training those engineers on what they can accept. But the salespeople will keep trying the same tactic. Oh yeah. Eventually yeah. they'll hit they'll hit an engineer who will will take the donuts. Yeah. You know what I love about salespeople? And, and talk to them. Like whenever I have a problem at work that I can't solve. I'll call a salesperson and ask them who they, who they know with the company <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can find who they can connect me with. And I use them to get, to get me to the person that I need to talk to <laughs> to make you, stuff happen. Yeah, they like know more people at your company than you. Yeah, no, for real. Like it's it's pretty, I mean, they, they are, they're on it, right? Like that's not, that's not something that like a technical person would necessarily focus yeah. on. So they also I know all the political ins and outs of who doesn't like who in your own company. Oh yeah. yeah. So like yeah, they, yeah. they know all the all the beef. Because they took someone out drinking probably and and got all the beef, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah. they know about like all the inside stuff going on and all the yeah. 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 That's funny. But Phil, when you when you said earlier, like you were extroverted, so that's why you went and they thought you'd be good at sales and you're passionate about tech. So you can like talk about it, but it was like the piece where they're making you sell something you're either not passionate about or. So I wanted like to be the not... yeah, I wanted to be the sales engineer, right? Like after yeah, the need yeah. is identified and the relationships mm -hmm. there, I can help you select what yeah, chip yeah. you need, what RAM you need, like what size LCD display, something like that. But sales engineers had to be a certain number of years experience before they'd let you like take that role. And so mm -hmm. they made me an account manager instead. Yeah. That sounds like uh, old school. Uh, that was that was back in the day too, right? I don't think that's true now. Like now they they would like oh, no, yeah. Yeah. even consultant now, title on you and, and then right. you go. But even now it is the 
it's it's the same roles. They may have renamed some of it. Now there's like a customer success. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot of that. That that <laughs> that's a thing now. But I remember at at Boeing. So I knew this. Um, I knew this. He was a senior manager at uh, of of an engineering team at Amazon. But he came. He was at Boeing for a long time, and he made it into a sales engineer role. And that was like, like Phil said, that's like a hot position to be in. Yeah, because you get commission, and all you have to do is talk about like the engineering and the product, but you don't have to deal with all the the pressure. There's like yeah, a lot the pressure less pressure in the sales. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. That was a dream job, man. But but I bring it up because like so Brian, he convinced me to buy. A <laughs> Wait, what did but I commission you to is, buy? <laughs> Which would God the the Elgato whatever? Oh yeah, the the wave the wave XLR. Yeah, yeah. That's expensive. Yeah, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I ordered yeah. it. Dude, he convinced me to buy it, and like, like let's be real, I don't need one. He sent me one. Like, I have a mixer, right? But Brian is so <laughs> passionate about audio. And so when he was talking about it, let's be let's be real. Like I understood probably like a third of the technical shit you said. Mm. But it's oh really? You, you, you totally looked like you knew everything that I was talking about. You're you're uh you're definitely a manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like 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 when you got into like the technical, how like the audio works, and yeah, yeah. I can't even repeat it because I don't know what you were saying. But like, yeah, yeah, it's like all it's just like the the filters and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like and i was like i i fucking need that <laughs> awesome. so i ordered it right i'm like we need to take this like podcasting to the next level next level so, yeah. <laughs> so, so i bought it and brian was like i should i should go into sales you know he was like and and to be honest like if he could be that passionate about it for sure you'd kill it but then it, it, it gets to that part well not every salesperson is going to be that passionate about the shit they're selling. Yeah. Well, a lot of times you're like at a company, you have one product and you got to sell the shit out of that one product. And every day you have to recycle the same conversation you had like six times a day. And like after a year, like there's no passion left about the, you're like, I want to learn, I want to sell something. Can we sell something else? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's when, that's what happened to me when I worked in, uh, very large global tech company uh and i was working on essentially what was like i was a i was a project engineer um working on like the latest smartphones when they were first coming out and then like kind of blowing up figuratively before they actually did and then um <laughs> yeah and then uh, uh around that time like what i thought it was so cool in the beginning it was so awesome and then like you said after a while it's like do it over and over again it's like the same formula the same thing same whatever and people are like wow that sounds like such a cool job and i'm like no it's horrible like i'm dying <laughs> inside <laughs> but thank you <laughs> it sounds great and then yeah you see like the the whole assembly line of what happens when you like do product development at scale so like how did I'm curious though. So like you, you went from sales and then how did you get into like the IT space? Cause I remember there was a time when like I started seeing you like studying for some of this stuff. So it's actually my entire senior year. I didn't do anything because I had already lined up a job my junior year summer. Right. Was so, that the sales job? Yeah. 
So um, <laughs> I slacked off for like an entire year and then got this job and then got fired immediately. Right. I was like, <laughs> hmm. uh, <laughs> I was like okay, I need to refigure out life. Right. Like I, I had always loved IT and computers as a hobby. Right. Like building machines, doing that kind of stuff. So I said, okay, let's just apply this hobby into a job. So I went like the IT technician systems admin route. And then I just studied like A plus, net plus, security plus, Linux, got a bunch of certifications and then went job hunting like six months later, got a sysadmin job, I guess, working for like a small consulting company. And then, yeah, rebooted my career, if you will. Wow, that was, that was the beginning. Say. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I, I am a nerd my at heart, I think. <laughs> but but that so so that was the start of you you going into security then cybersecurity. Yeah. So, it, in the IT world, a lot of your work as a systems administrator is either supporting like a production environment or supporting a security product or security mm -hmm. initiative, right? And so as a sysadmin, like every other thing I worked on happened to be like for the security team. And I was like, I don't like taking orders from these people all the time, right? <laughs> and so I decided like, you know, a couple of years in, I was like, I'd rather be giving the orders of what projects people need to work on. And it just happens that security is like, was a growing field at that time and a lot of influence. So I was like, screw it. I'm gonna become the security guy that tells everyone else what needs to happen around here. And so started studying for that. <laughs> Dude, and it's still booming, right? Like, oh yeah, it's huge. Yeah. you need the you need the you need the paper, the credentials to. Yeah, to so I it. I did go out and get something called a CISSP, which is a certified, certified information system. No, it's a. He's reading it off his. I'm wall. reading it off my wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's reading his certification. <laughs> yeah, information system security professional. So it's kind oh, of like nice. the, the CF. It, what's it's kind of like getting your CPA CPA yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, similar heard, in terms of difficulty and like weight, if you will. When I heard CC, I was thinking Cisco because I I went for a CCNA and I remember studying for that exam and not really caring. So I didn't get it, but I studied it and that was cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so like when you got into this, so did, was it different though? Like did it, when you actually got in there and you're like giving orders, like, does it fit better with like all this stuff? Cause you're still doing, I mean, you've been it, doing it for a yeah. while now. Yeah. It does. So I've been in security for like, I don't know, eight something years, like as a specialization. And I like it because like security is involved in all parts of a business, right? Uh, not just the engineering side. So it, it allows kind of my ADHD brain and curiosity about all things in an organization. It allows me to go explore, right? Because there's security and compliance in accounting. There's security and compliance in, I guess, your the website that you produce or the product you make. There's business compliance that you have to achieve, which is like all departments. Um, so I can kind of skip around and uh, just like learn a lot of everything. Nice. Are you ADHD like diagnosed or? Um... Uh, <laughs> probably uh, <laughs> my, parents, my parents wanted to me me to be on ritalin when i was a kid i i tell everybody this so my parents wanted me on ritalin when i was like eight years old and my 
my friend at the time who lived in my neighborhood was on Ritalin and he was just weird, <laughs> like just strange. So yeah. I, I, in my simple mind, I associated with Ritalin, this drug with the weirdness of this kid. And I was like, I am never taking that drug. Even I'll like run away from home. Like, and so I just never took it. Mm. And I had to like learn how to just, I guess, deal with it on my own, uh, which I think was like super beneficial because now it's like controlled ADHD, I guess. Um, that's like harness the, you can harness the energy of like the distraction. Right. And just, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So so I'm guessing, I'm guessing, well, it's not like Ritalin is over the counter, but your parents (laughs) got it somehow. Yeah. They took me to a doctor and everything. And then like, I think that was a diagnosis and they wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. Oh, so you were actually diagnosed when you were I think a kid. So, yeah. That's yeah. uh that's interesting because I was not. So things were different. <laughs> My experience with it was different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like I'm like medicated now. Um, but not on a whole bunch of them, just just Adderall. And it's a different version of it than it was. Like they continue to improve it over time. Mm. So you're not like a zombie. Different. Yeah, no, not not a zombie at all. But I'm also not like internally freaking out all the time. <laughs> like just just wired in my head, but you can't see it in my face. I'm just freaking out on the inside. Um <laughs> cuz like cuz I'm like older now, so I don't have the energy to actually like physically freak out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's interesting. So I didn't, I didn't know that you were actually uh, like diagnosed when you were younger because I remember like we, we talked about it for a couple times mm-hmm. when you were like college and stuff. So, so it's interesting. So so Brian right now, other than his job, like does a lot of like a lot of shit on the side, right? Yeah. But so, you do you do too, Phil, right? Like we just talked about your career, right? Um, but you have a company on the side. You have a whole social network driven thing that connects to that other third business. Yep. So like, I guess give us some background on why you started those. Right. Do you think, do you think you're able to manage all that because of who you are? Right. So I've been running an e-commerce business, precision LED for, I think 11 years now. Um, and it's grown to, you know, there's like five employees, there's a warehouse, like it's a legitimate organization, right? Pay taxes and everything. Oh, well, that's good. And that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's just because I had a curiosity in in selling, like like learning about how to put lights on cars, right? Turned it into a business and been running it ever since. And then uh, I really wanted to get into real estate for a long time. So I bought a house with a friend a couple years ago and just started learning how to renovate. Not like a little bit of renovation. Like we literally tore the house apart and I built the whole thing back together from the studs, right? Ripped everything out and redid everything. So electrical, plumbing, sewage. social media. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I made a lot of YouTube videos for Precision LED, like showing people how to install these products that we were selling online, I wanted to also record the entire renovation process and then put that out on social media to create a brand called think make do which is just like something that i really believe in it's like think about something make a plan just go do it right don't worry about anything else Uh, so i figured it'd be good content for it so uh, do i think my kind of adhd brain helps me get all of it done yes do i think it's 
actually achievable to do everything I want to do all the time? No. Does everyone tell me I'm ridiculous and like worries about me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that, that's, that's the same with Brian, though. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I get that a lot, too. <laughs> but, like, both of you do a lot. I mean, Brian right now, he's he's doing, I don't know, like 50 things all at once. And, and people who don't understand ADHD, like, they just say, oh, ADHD, that's someone who can't focus. Mm-hmm. Right? But I feel like just looking at both of you, that lets you be able like yeah for me i can't focus if i'm only doing one thing i can only focus if i'm doing three things at the same time so my brain goes like one two three one two three one two three one two three in in this cycle and as long as the cycle is moving fast enough i actually get a lot done if i have to concentrate on just one thing just one 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 then i I get actually really slow and i can't i just can't think (laughs) so i have to have a bunch of things in motion uh, I think to, did to you, be successful. Did you know that when you were like in the be- like since you were a kid? Like, did you take that strategy and and use that the entire time? No, you could just say it's a comedy of errors and experience that has gotten me to to understanding it. That's interesting. Uh, but earlier on, I had no idea. I would just let my you know let my brain say, "Oh, I'm interested in this," and I just go run off and do it. And then as soon as my brain says, "Let's go do this," I just went, "Okay, let's go do that." And I didn't understand you- the effects for a while. Right. You think your environment, let's say, whether it's your parents, sisters, I don't know, people around you that enabled you to do that? Yes and no. Like my parents were like horrified by my behavior when I was came to like, <laughs> like, uh, like my like study what? habits, right? Like my attention <laughs> level, because my grades were all over the place. Like one, one quarter, it'll be like an A in history and a, an F in like math. And the next quarter, it'll be an A in math. In the, like the same math class and then an F in history. So like mm-hmm. wherever my attention was, I'd be really good at it. And then I would just forget about everything else. And be like, Ooh, oh, there was this other class. I forgot I had to be there. Right. Um, so my parents were like, what is wrong with this guy? Like he's good, <laughs> he's bad. And then he's like off in La La Land over here and then back in reality today. Like, so I think they had a hard time <laughs> dealing with it. It's typically genetic, though. So, like, wouldn't there be people in your family? Because I can kind of guesstimate, like, who in my family line has it. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I told you how, how my parents came to America <laughs> and talk about, like, <laughs> impulsive. Um, yeah, that that can give you an idea. It's like, you're on a business trip. My dad was like, uh, I think my, I think my dad on your my dad, I think, understands it more than my mom. My dad has a lot of energy, so he doesn't necessarily have, I think, as much distraction as I do. But yeah, my dad had a lot of en- energy, uh, but not as distracted as I do. My mom has a lot of creativity, but a lot more focus, I think. So you combine the two of those together, like a lot of creative pursuits and a lot of energy, it may be created. Me. I don't know if that's how it works. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like it's like the combination of two ADHD factors is like combined, like fucking ADHD Captain Planet, <laughs> and then Phil comes out. <laughs> no, I think I think it's cool. Like, cause the thing is, um, I, I feel that like when, cause I have I did a ton of research on on like what the fuck was going on, cause like the way I adapted with it was very different. Like it was. It was maladaptive. It wasn't sustainable for a long time. 
you know, you remember how I was like really angry all the time? <laughs> like I'd be, I'd be like pretty pissed. Like, like you ate a, I remember this. You fucking ate my burrito. And like, I was raging. <laughs> you ate my burrito and I was raging for like hours. It was hours. And, um, it's so it's so funny when you think about it now, but like that's actually a symptom. Like, uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, emotional dysregulation. Like, there's literally your brain is structured in a way where like it it when you experience emotions, you experience them like like ex like very intensely, um, like good or bad, which is why. Video. Yeah, it was yeah, I was sure it was fucking good because it wasn't there. It was gone. Cause you hate it. <laughs> Cause you hate it. <laughs> me 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 being being an observer to all this, I feel like it was two forces of ADHD flashing. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's just walking by, he's like, oh burrito, and he just eats it. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. Yeah, That's yeah. probably what happened. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious uh, uh, oh man it's funny man i guess this is actually for brian then like because because brian you always you, more recent discovering right you have adhd oh yeah yeah i was i'm like way late diagnosis yeah but yeah. i actually believe you realizing that i think phil if you see brian now he, and, and you hear more about his life he's it's very different from the angry Brian, right? He's, <laughs> but he's, he's, I feel like he, him understanding his ADHD has let him control his life better. Like not necessarily through medication, but just a realization of that. And now he has all these like creative outlets and mm. things he's trying to do similar to how, how you're, you're doing it. I mean, I mean, it is different, but you're, you're, both of you are able to do like multiple things because of this and because you understand it. So like, I guess for Brian, like, do you think it is your ADHD that's helping you do this and helping Phil do this or so I, just your Yeah. I mean, I, I think, so I, I think it's the pros and cons, right? Cause like just mm -hmm. by virtue of every, like everybody's brain is different. So like when you're talking like neurodiverse, like everybody has their own kind of way of doing things. But I think where like, like ADHD sits is, is on a level where it's more, even if you have the ability to do all of these things, like our, our environment isn't conducive to supporting that. So when Phil mentions his parents were very like, was, what was the word you described? Disturbed. disturbed. <laughs> yeah, they were disturbed. <laughs> like they're legitimately concerned because like, cause like their kid is, is, gifted and the thing is like that's what it is like the way that they describe it now which isn't necessarily uh, i don't know if that's actually reflective of like what what a kid that has adhd and also a high iq or high intelligence however it's actually measured not just iq but like high intelligence means like because when i went through school they didn't have like a gifted program or like a what the, the gifted program was detention like that's what that was when i went through school so like um <laughs> just like staying out of trouble is the standard um and i didn't and and like i i actually asked myself so like that if i had it but then i i never really there, there was no real outlet or any context for me to like navigate it so when phil talks about how, how he went through it I, I i wonder because like when i was first suspecting it and going through all of this it, it was because like i couldn't i was willing to try anything like when i said i had a maladaptive like 
I, I adapted to it like poorly. It was actually like I was fueled by being angry. Like that was the thing that motivated me to do everything because something would piss me off <laughs> and I'd be like, God damn it, I'm going to fix this shit. And then I would go and fix it because that's the thing that would that would get me to do it, right? Because if you're thinking about like, if you think of it as it's over, it's over simplified, but it's like dopamine deficiency, like what would get you to motivate? Like you're fucking adrenaline, right? Like you're going because you're pissed and you're doing stuff. And now, but the thing is, as you get older, you can't sustain that over, over like years and years of time. So I think that's where having the context, because like I, I talked about this on, 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 uh, you know, my, my own after, after school episode, but like, like I got major depression like it was it was it was pretty bad so like i didn't know what else to do and i started to do like all of this research and and i i actually even i, I wasn't i i didn't want to take medication and all this other stuff because all the stigma and all that stuff with it i didn't get it and then uh janet was pretty much like well it's probably better than uh you know offing yourself so <laughs> if you get to a point where mm. it's like dark humor i mean like been through some shit. So, but yeah, like it's, it's like w when you get to that point where, where you're like, okay, so if I'm going to do this, I'm going to fucking figure out how to do it. And then as I was going through that is when I figured, when, when I figured it out, um, uh, interestingly enough through like YouTube, because I was doing research and like, and, and I was looking towards it and I was looking for it and I was trying to find it. And that's the thing about the fucking algorithm, man. <laughs> it's like you, you get, you, you get whatever it is that you're looking for, but yeah, it was just it was just interesting, like hearing your experience with it, because like the context was was different in terms of like the understanding that went behind it and how you adapted with it. Because when that's why I asked when when did you know to like jump between those different things when you were younger? Because every time I did that, I thought I was doing something wrong. So I held like I held on to that idea for like a really long time. So whenever I did the one thing that I was trying to do, I was still doing other stuff, but I'm like using my frustration of having to do this one thing to fuel me to continue to do this one thing. Like I didn't notice that that was a pattern until like I actually studied it to the point where <laughs> I actually like went through like an entire fucking applied psychology like like program and, and training and that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, it's I would, it's, it's I would change my, my answer then. I think I did have a good environment for it. So... In high school, I was in like this robotics club and there's like so much stuff to learn and so many like dorky things that would just like, they were so interesting to me that I could just get lost in all these different, I guess, disciplines and like topics like all day long. Like I barely even like concentrated in school. I was just doing this robotics stuff. And my parents, I think at that point had given up on trying to control my time. Right. They just like were too tired to deal with me. <laughs> and so like every day I would just show up at this robotics thing with like tools and machines and like welding equipment and like and just I would just get to play all day. Right. In like an educational environment. Um, and then so I guess like I was fortunate to have this environment where I could just like explore and not worry too much about it. So. So, yeah, I find that interesting. Now, yeah. I find it interesting, and that's why I asked earlier, yeah, about your environment, because it didn't seem like you, Phil, branching out and doing all those things and changing your focus all the time. Like, people were guilting you, like, as if saying that's a bad thing. Then, Brian, you're, you're saying you felt guilt, you know, over that. And now, 
you know, maybe now that you don't have that guilt because you realize it's okay, like it's it's enabling you to now. Oh yeah, I guess live free. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like very, uh, very personal development packaged. Um, being spiritually free, yes, I am that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like it, 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 but what it it did, like so, like the way that I I kind of come to understand it is that if I'm not, if my brain or like my even my body, right, because it's all like physiological like reactions that are going on. If I'm not putting energy into being frustrated. Because the way I described it to some other people that I've coached before is like it's like it's like you're using nitro like you know the nitro button in the car like I don't actually do the car thing but like <laughs> I'm like in video games and you press the nitro button and the car goes really fast <laughs> um, but you only have a limited amount and like once you burn out of it it's gone right like that's what frustration and anger is like uh, like the because you're going into fight or flight mode. Or, I mean, the same thing can happen the other way around where you're just constantly, uh, like, anxiety all the time, too. But, like, um, the only thing that discerns it is, like, your emotions or, like, what you learned your emotions to be or how you translate that, like, those physiological reactions. So, like, I think that fucking ADHD, I forgot, I forgot what we were talking about. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and, and, dude, I used to be so good at, like, faking, like, because I, I lost the ability to do that, too, because I would, like, remember stuff that I would forget, and then I would remember it again while I'm talking. <laughs> so I'd, like, try to fill up the time, but now I don't even, I don't, I don't cover that up. Um, but, yes, oh, yeah, no, that's right. Okay, I know what it is now. <laughs> so that it just happened. Um, in the past, I would have just filled all of that with just bullshit <laughs> while I got there. Um, it's, like, it's masking. But, like, uh, uh, so... It, it has helped like actually because I'm not spending energy being pissed about it anymore. Now it's just like, Oh, okay. Well I just, it's fine. Right. And that's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm able to actually admit that I forgot. And I told you the pattern of the thing that I do where I mask and I pretend like I remember what I'm talking about and then I'll just drag it the fuck on until I actually remember. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. I was talking about this other thing. Um, I can actually say that now because I have that context and not, I'm not just like pissed at myself because I, like lost place right like because it's just that focus just putting it into like being angry and that actually working like as a mechanism to like drive your motivation it's a very yeah it's like you're you're burning your engine man like it's not it's not a great way to go about doing it so i mean yeah i mean i had i had to learn how to do that but it's just it's circumstance right like i i understand other mm -hmm. things because of that too so like my mm -hmm. ability to like calm the fuck down like i take cold showers every day but i have a reason why i do like people think i'm insane when i tell tell them that like it's been over like well over a year that i've been doing this like i take cold showers every single day and and the reason why i started doing it was because like after i doing like muay thai and jujitsu for like like a three-hour session in like a day my my shoulders would be i'd be in like so much like inflammation type of pain in my shoulders and i remember just thinking I see like uh, baseball players, like pitchers, like have that ice pack where they, they take these ice baths, right? And I remember also hearing that like Wim Hof, who's like, he's known as the ice man, but he's like an extreme athlete that just, he just does the cold thing. And he has like the, his whole technique and all that sort of stuff. And then I've heard about Navy SEALs. They train in water for like cold water for a reason. So I started doing that and it actually changed my ability to recover for everything like mentally physically just because your brain kind of rewires itself like in the beginning it was like 
I'm like screaming because it's cold or you're like sitting there like, because <laughs> your, your body's freaking out. You're like, oh my God, this is so fucking cold. What do, what do I, why do I do this? And then after about a month of like constantly doing that repetition, like I, I saw that I literally just re, I rewired my brain like to actually calm down. So that's, that actually happened before I started even taking medication. I was, I was on that path, like tr just figuring out, but it was also because of like the, the, the ability to like kind of make associations where not everybody would necessarily see it because like people tend to think very linearly rather than like associatively. <laughs> I don't even know if that, those are, those are things, but like, yeah, like that, that's, that's definitely helped, but I think it does, it does play a part, but the downside to it is that if you don't have the right context and you're like, could you imagine what I would be like if I was an accountant? If I became an accountant, oh my God, this guy oh, is man. so angry. Like every, every February, <laughs> every February, this guy is like on edge, leave him alone. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't even like try to imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have, nah, it just wouldn't have happened, right? Cause I it's remember I tried every, to- Every month, every month end, Brian would be losing his brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You remember when I like I tried to be a doctor? That didn't like, happen. Like where are 10 all the years? pennies? We're missing pennies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brian, you would have you would have killed someone uh, if, oh if you were an accountant. Oh my god, that's like I, I'm like sure. it's yeah yeah yeah. It's very uh, I would say like because Phil, like what you're talking about, you you being the the person to work with all those different departments. I'm a um I do data science and I work in 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 HR. So the reason why I do that was one, I knew it was going to be like fucking hard. <laughs> and the other thing is like, I'm also uh, like the lead on our data government, like people data governance council. So I'm like our PII uh, data person. So like if there's hmm. ever anybody that needs that, they need to go through our council. Ew, do you do, you, do you do GDPR, like data privacy? Oh my God. Yeah. So, oh. so yeah. So we may have a lot of stuff. similarity in our job because I do a lot of compliance work. Oh my god! The, oh my god! I am the data privacy contact, and like, hey, so is your is your legal team too kind of potatoes when it comes to like what it actually means that they need to do? Like, do you guide legal your legal team? team what my to do? legal team forwards me every data privacy agreement to review, what? and I don't Wait, even you, yeah, I, I I end up do, dealing with that and like shit too. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, you don't have like a a a privacy person? So I mean, they we send it. I do. Oh no, no, I'm talking about but, Phil. Oh, so, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. There's like 150 people in my company, so I am security, compliance, and data privacy. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's just all of those things. So like, oh I have those people in in our company, but they didn't include us on like the access list for the for the visualization that we were supposed to build. So I was like, okay, you guys don't understand how this works. So like, I can't build it unless I have the access to the data. Like what the hell are you guys, this is ridiculous. So, um, I mean, there's ways, but th th this, they were nowhere near like getting to that point. So like, um, I ended up having to be like, okay, well, if you guys are going to say no to like every single person that actually need this information to do the work, then I'm going to outwork what you're doing and get every single requirement to the point where like you can't even say no anymore. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use that 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 <laughs> that Bruce Banner like hasn't figured out how to control the Hulk yet um thing to to fucking come out and then like outwork our legal <laughs> legal people so that they can actually let me do my job 
which was a very different, I don't think other people would have done that. And I think that is very much a component of, of like that ADHD kind of, kind of drive. But my boss also recognized it too. He was like, he was like, that's uh, that's pretty genius. I'm like, well, thank you. Can I get a promotion? Oh, we don't have budget for that. Okay. Well, fuck. no budget. <laughs> yeah. So, so Phil, like where, where you're at now, are you getting bored? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, are you still excited by all these things you're doing or uh, is there something new you need? Conflicted, I guess you could say, because you, you, you march up the corporate ladder and then you change companies. Now you're using your experience and your knowledge to help maybe a smaller organization build up something you've already mm-hmm. done, right? So mm-hmm. you're applying your knowledge, which isn't as much fun sometimes as learning new things, but mm-hmm. it is kind of easier, I guess. So it's nice, at least at this stage in my life, that my corporate work is less intense. So that's why it's conflicted. Like it, it works for me, but it's not that exciting. So I don't like get mm-hmm. as much like personal benefit out of it uh that i think i did in other jobs but i certainly get paid a lot more to to do a lot less number of hours of work and that's really Mm -hmm. nice so i'm okay with it for now (laughs) dude that sounds uh no that's uh you know what's funny phil Mm -hmm. like i've changed jobs i don't give a shit like what someone gives me for my job title as long as i mean i mean if if it's the pay is fine whatever like i don't i don't care it's it's funny because I when I get bored I do that too like I I go look for stuff to fix like at work which is probably how I was able to like acquire all these like multidisciplinary skills and like you said too like in the in the corporate world like it gets kind of boring once you like fix all the things and you automate all the stuff so you're just kind of like oh, I got to review this document I just like don't really feel like reviewing this document can I just hire someone. <laughs> can i just hire someone to do this like oh uh, yeah we don't have the headcount approval for that like you have to talk to finance You're like fuck okay well so i actually do a lot of the stuff outside which is like i i do coaching and and mentoring i also do like i mean this stuff like right the podcast like i do like ideas for like other things um started woodworking so like that's when you were posting some of the stuff that you were you were posting or you're like creating furniture and stuff and i was like oh Oh, I guess you're doing that too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess we're all just like doing this, uh, like just that, making shit. That now. might be a factor, I think, of age, like dudes doing woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the pandemic. I don't know, has man. Something. I'm, I'm not quite there, man. <laughs> well, you have kids. You have you have a kid. Though. Think that uh, there's just like a bunch of people my age or older who are like doing woodworking. <laughs> Or like discovering the hobby and i'm like oh i thought i was unique i'm like no i think it's just like what middle-aged men uh, <laughs> towards for some reason so. <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's it has to do with our generation too i feel like we were told that that you know if you work really hard you're gonna make it and, and do all this stuff and and we did if it, it was a lot harder but it's not like in this day and age i, I don't it's, it's like kind of like having that level like you know barbecue every sunday just getting together with the guys and then the girls and their girls night out bowling Wednesday, like that's kind of, uh, to me, that sounds like very boring. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't, that doesn't sound fun to me. So like what sounds, sounds like, fun to it me sounds is like, like torture. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Right. <laughs> it sounds like I, I don't even like I, I was, cause you were talking about uh like real estate. 
like I was talking about that with my wife too. And I was like, I don't like the, the thing that terrifies me about that is like, if we buy a place, we're going to have to stay there forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we just buy a place with like an Airbnb somewhere and then set up an Airbnb and like rent it out. And then, and then we are also like doing like, yeah, we should, we should talk more about that because I'm all about doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's not a bad idea. We'll, I'll we'll make the furniture. <laughs> I'll fill it in. Um, but yeah, like that, that sort of stuff, it's, it's, uh, it, it's part of our generation thing too because we have so much access to like information that I didn't get formal training on doing any of that. I looked it all up and consumed like mm-hmm. hours and hours of information at 2x speed because I can't sit still enough to like care if i'm not if i can't if i don't not forced to pay attention to what's going on so like yeah i think that is a component of like our generational thing it's it's we have access to information we can learn whatever we want so when we get bored we're like what do we want to do learn how to build a chair wow this chair the first time i made it is horrible (laughs) i'm so curious what this conversation would be after you both have kids right like, like I'm so curious. I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I'm just wondering, would your mindset change or like, would you actually become unhappy or miserable? Because you're not going to be able to have a similar, like the similar lifestyle that you just described. Right. I, I think about that a lot. I, I can't talk about it until it happens. You know, it's just yeah. like an open-ended I question. Have, talk to I me in 10 something. years, Dan. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we'll see what happens have, to my time. You I know? have some some insight into what that could look like because we have a family friend group that we hang out with. And they have two daughters. I hang out with them all the time. Like whenever we go hang out, like I'm actually hanging out with them because like they seem to understand me. <laughs> it like, sounds weird mm-hmm. to say that, but like I, I'm telling you, like when when I talk to them though, like they don't know everything yet of, of course but they, they're so their their view on the world is so like unfiltered that like it's it's exciting for me to hang out with them so like i'll do like i'm not a yoga instructor or anything but like they're into like doing all this like new stuff so i'll actually do i'll, I'll pretend to be like a yoga uh, yoga instructor and do the yoga thing <laughs> like with them and they'll actually sit there and do it like they're i have i have a good time like actually interacting and engaging and like hanging out with them and i have the physical energy too too because i do spend like i do dedicate time to like actually work out and 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 make sure that i can like keep up with uh like my body and my brain can actually keep up with each other like i weigh more like probably like a time and a half as phil so uh i still need <laughs> like i need a little bit more muscle to like keep on maintaining that but like uh, <laughs> otherwise i just like keep on getting bigger and it's just yeah it's unsustainable but like yeah like i i noticed that when the parents don't have this type of brain <laughs> they they tend to be very like just uh, uh they do the same things that you know they were kind of taught and raised with but i mean maybe it's like a, a, a thing of circumstance but like when i'm hanging out with the kids like i'm actually observing what they're thinking and how they're thinking um and what they know and like how they memorize stuff because i was actually realizing when like we were going for a walk after we like we all had dinner one day um and i asked i asked one of the kids like what do you like about walking? And, and she said like, oh, cause mom and dad do it, right? I'm like, but do you know why, why we walk? And he's like, no, I'm just like, okay. Well, let me do it to exercise. And do you know what exercise, like, or, or she, and then she asked like, why do we exercise? And I was like, that's a good question. And when I thought about it, I'm like, 
we're practicing hunting and gathering. We're practicing hunting and gathering. We're at the exercise is what we call what we used to have to do to survive. That's what it is. And I, and I remember hearing that before too on like other, you know, like wherever. But like, but yeah. And then I got to actually like, I gleaned that insight because the kid was like asking me things that I never asked myself and I had to come up with an answer. So like, I actually like doing that because it gives me a chance to like their, un, their unfiltered view gives me a chance to like rediscover <laughs> it sounds stupid but like rediscover the things that i never really thought that about because makes sense yeah because that yeah i imagine all parents are like old people go through that when they have conversations with younger people it's like a refreshing perspective on life right i don't observe that with uh, uh my parents didn't think that <laughs> My parents are like, sit the fuck down and eat. <laughs> eat all of it. There's kids starving in, in, in third world countries, right? Like, eat it. <laughs> like, that sort of thing. But, I mean, I think maybe, yeah, maybe, I mean, in, 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 in some environments, then sure, yeah, I think that would be cool. But I imagine if I, if I had a kid, like, my mission would probably shift over to be like, I need to keep up with this little fucker. Um, yeah. <laughs> like oh dude you're like you're not gonna you're not gonna outrun me <laughs> i don't think you can keep up i don't right? think i'm gonna be able to either <laughs> so th there definitely there definitely is some of that i taught leon how to ride a bike last year and i'd probably say so he, his bike has training wheels like probably a month into it i was like this this kid can definitely do like i can take the training wheels off like a little effort and i can probably teach it to him but i won't i won't do it because he'll get faster. That means I need after. to be faster. Yeah, I don't want to chase after him. Dude, that's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Why don't you get a bike then? <laughs> no, and I, I, say, I, I, don't, I don't want to. Like I, right now, I don't, I don't want to... Well, because he, he, he's not old enough to... If, if I rode a bike next to him, where I can like stop him if I felt like he was in danger. Mm. Like I have to run. Like I'm not gonna be able to jump off my bike and right. grab, grab him, him before he goes across the street <laughs> yeah, if know. there's a car coming. You don't you know? know until you're in that situation. I've seen videos online where uh, fathers are like, like protection I mean, mode. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're just gonna stare at him. Have that faith in me. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I'm not sure my wife would. Agree. Appreciate that gamble. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't tell us. I, I think that. I could grab. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I actually spoke to my neighbor. He he's also a Korean guy. His kids um eight, and he goes biking with his son. Right, and they they've gotten to an age where you know they bike together, and he went through the same shit as me. Mm. And he said so. Then he started exercising more to be able to keep up with his kid. Mm. Right for his kid to do this like active, active stuff. Yeah, man. Like like your whole shift does change. Like once you have a child, and and I'll, I'll be honest. Like there are things if if I didn't have a kid right now that I would do that I'm passionate about. And sometimes I am like not like miserable. I'm like oh fuck. Like I I can't do that. Like I'm gonna sacrifice that mm. because I have to spend more time with either spend more time with my son. Or do my passion like project or whatever I'm thinking. Yeah. Right. And you kind of have to, or yeah, or I could sleep less, but I'm just saying like there are sacrifices you make 
and it, like mentally, like sometimes my wife does worry about me. My day is. <laughs> do you? Do you really? I mean, does it feel like you're sacrificing it though? Like you can't. You like you wouldn't be able to do like. Uh, no, sometimes it does. Like, like genuinely, I'm being honest. Mm. Like, sometimes I'm just like, I really want to do this, but I'm not going to, and and I'm not happy about that. Mm. But then there are other times where, like, if I were to think right now, like I have to spend less time with him, like that's sad too, right? Like, so it's like I need to pick and choose, and either option may not make me happy. But there is this whole concept about like parents getting into depression, and it's actually more focused on the moms, right? Once they give birth to a baby, the hormones and mm-hmm. yeah, like post- mentality, postpartum. so postpartum depression, and then that can go on. And so, like, I I let my wife go out and just oh, and you, away from you take kids. more of the responsibility potentially. I let her do that because yeah. I worry about her like getting depression and all that, right? So she'll she'll do that once in a while, go hang out with friends, have like a day or there were a couple of times I was like, just go to Michigan. Like our kid was a couple months old. She just went to Michigan for a month and I just looked after Leon by myself. And like, it, I think that helps, but she's worried because I don't do that. Like I don't take that time off for myself, but I think I'm doing okay. I'm fine. I tell myself but, like, that it's, a lot. It's That's needed. usually a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring shit out right now. Fine, fine. House is on fire. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like if I if I'm saying that too often in a day, I'm like shit. That's like the fifth time I said that today. That's a red flag. (laughs) But I think that's why you you do this podcast, right? It's a it's one of your creative outlets that you know. Yeah, yeah. So right, exactly. Yeah, it it is one of my creative outlets, and and that's why I'm doing this do something else and do something i can be passionate about but i also probably don't have adhd right so for me like i think it would be a lot harder for me if i had adhd to be okay with this and and i'm wrong like i i don't know but like when you guys were talking about now you have these passions that you can pursue it and like in a way this adhd empowers you to be able to be successful in doing multiple things. Yeah, but I, uh, my argument, would, like me as the optimist would say like, it, I'd like to think that even if I had a child, my interest would change to be more child centric, but my ADHD would still be there, right? Yeah. And it would be, hey, what baby products can I like look up instead of technology <laughs> products, right? Yeah. Like how can I build a baby, <laughs> you know, a carriage or something versus yeah. buy it? Right. So I'm yeah. not making furniture, I'm making baby clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you, you, I guess for me, it's like learning to entertain mm-hmm. my brain with whatever seems yeah. to be the most important thing I need to do in the moment. So it's interesting. I'd like to think that applies post family life. As I well. also yeah. mentioned that it's genetic. So me and my wife also talked about that too. And I was, and we actually decided that until we're comfortable at a place where we feel like, we actually want to do the kid thing. Let's fulfill because when we when we like talked about it like straight up, it was like, what's more important to you? Doing the thing that you set out to do? Like, or is it to have a kid? Because in my mind, being Asian too, it, it's it's almost like a expectation 
<laughs> from the from mm. from the ancestors for you to continue the family line and that sort of thing. But like, I wasn't raised. I mean, I was I was raised with that idea, but also I was raised in America where I'm like, I'm like, go pursue your passions and go be the thing, right? Um, and for a long time, I felt like I I am I was making up for lost time, like for being what wherever i was like trying to figure figure out stuff but like um, forced into medical school <laughs> oh no, it wasn't just but it was medical school and then it was nursing school and then it was an emt program EMT, and then it was me yeah. questioning my my existence and then and then i was like fuck it i guess i'll do computer stuff um i went to university <laughs> and then i went to community college like <laughs> i had to face some shit <laughs> i had to think about my 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 values and what where i what happened but yeah like i uh we made a conscious decision not to not to do that yet and we don't I and mean, we don't put pressure on on like when is the right time right like i mean i understand that there's like an age thing to consider and and i'm certainly getting older and you know that sort of thing so i mean sure but at the same time if our generation is a testament to anything people are living for a really long time nowadays not just our generation but i'm talking about the ones that are still there that like just mm -hmm. just don't seem to <laughs> don't seem to be like retiring or anything <laughs> they're just like they're like we know what's best okay yeah okay yeah, of course you do so like there's there's that's still happening so like um i almost wonder if because like i don't imagine like when when we were growing up that things were that way right because like single single income family home would have been would have made sense but i don't see that as a thing now like there doesn't seem to be a place like in in our way of living where it would make sense to like only have a person to because i don't know that i don't know that like being able to juggle the multiple passions thing would work because i have dogs but only because janet takes care of them <laughs> like janet does ma <laughs> the majority of the work like i strapped a minute like i'm sure yeah i'm i'm good at i'm, I'm actually better at like the kind of the in the moment like training type stuff where like if it's a if it's like a problem type of behavior like i know what to do um but when it comes to like the day-to-day -day, like bulk of like the you know waking up in the morning which i'm horrible at and then remembering to feed them which i i'm horrible at for myself <laughs> like little, uh -huh. so like it's like uh i mean i'm not horrible at it. i'm better i'm good about it but this is i'm just saying like as, a, as an exaggeration but like the reason why we have the dogs is because janet was passionate about having dogs um mm -hmm. and and she and there's still like you know like a there's a still a component of like where i still dedicate you know my time too, like to to do the family thing but it makes me want like i mean i know it's not a kid so that's that's the other thing that i'm saying like if it was a kid i don't know because i feel that when i look at my what my dad was like and maybe i'm like exposing too much about my family but my dad got like lost in golf i am talking like lost in golf for years as an adult we talk about it and he's like yeah i don't know why i did that probably because all his homies were doing golf too well yeah of course right it's like a class it's like kind of like a class thing or whatever right? and yeah that's true but then like the thing is if there's someone else in my genetic line that has adhd it's probably the person that came to america on a business trip and was like I'm yeah sorry. i'm not gonna go back <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's like, wow, this is pretty nice here. I think I'm just going to stay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, you know, like, like seeing how I was, and my, of course, my, my, our parents didn't have that, that like context of knowing like, you know, all the different medical conditions that, that we understand much. It's like that, that information is much more democratized these days too. And we understand that there's a lot more of this stuff that's common, more common than we, we realized before because we see it, but like, and we're exposed to it and there's internet and all this stuff, which is funny because my parents were like, like worried because someone, someone else's kid had depression. But then when I talked about it, they were like, oh yeah, no, you're fine. Like, oh yeah, that, that doesn't exist in our genetics. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that it's completely influenced by just that, but you know, that's fine. But yeah, I think when I, when I think about like how, how that influenced like my childhood, I don't know that the being able to juggle multiple things would necessarily help if I didn't care about the, like if it didn't, if it wasn't like the, the mm. shiny thing that, that I want right now. So, I mean, not to, you know, reduce kids to like, shiny little object i'm sure if it's like darting around it's going to constantly be distracting like the entire time but i mean it's it's it i, I wonder that too myself so i i so, i do think that so yeah so you're saying the reason it helps you juggle multiple things is because you're passionate about those things you're juggling but if you yeah. weren't it, it, it may be a little harder yeah yeah well i mean I, I would definitely feel like an obligation and i'm like projecting my mm. own fucking childhood onto this kid right like so mm. I'm like this kid that doesn't exist uh in my imagination <laughs> so i'd be i'd i'd, I'd want to be there for them right but like it well of course i don't know i the only thing i've compared it to is my dogs my dogs can be really annoying sometimes so like <laughs> yeah, you, could, so, you could say that like being able to juggle multiple things like through i suppose this experience with adhd regardless if it's a positive or negative thing that you're juggling, you at least know how to do it more readily, right? And like, I would imagine a child introduces like a ticking time bomb every day of what random thing you might have to do in the moment, right? And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm better equipped to, to do it since I have experience mm -hmm. juggling all these different balls, yeah. keeping them all in the air. Time will tell. I we'll find out. <laughs> I, I feel like... I think that's a really good point because because for me, juggling multiple things is very hard. Like w w if I'm focused on something, shifting that focus takes a lot of energy and time for me. That happens I, to me too, though. That's that's uh, what that's part. That's a hallmark of it is like being able to shift between multiple tasks, like consciously. Sometimes I get stuck in stuff and and I won't I won't shift, like. I need to shift, <laughs> but I won't. Mm. And then I'll lose track of time mm -hmm. and that'll happen too, which I mean, yeah, that's also a component mm. of it. So I think it's, so I did. The interesting thing is so I'm, I'm not like the first born son. Right. So I actually didn't get that pressure of having to have kids. And, and when I got married, we actually told both our parents, we're probably planning on not having any kids. Oh, and we said, wow. we said, that's the deal of this marriage. We both agree to this. So, and, and they didn't, I mean, they weren't like super happy about that, but like they are, both our parents weren't against it. So, so I, I'm fortunate enough to not come from having that pressure, having to have children. But like now that we do, oh my God, like I can't imagine going back. Hmm. 
I mean, you kind of like, can't. So, <laughs> I, good point. But, no, I mean, I mean, I I can't imagine being happier without like my child. Mm-hmm. Like when I picture life before he came in, like I wasn't as happy as I am with him in my life. Even though the stuff I said earlier, like there are those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I just want to play eight hours straight of this video game. (laughs) And I can't because I only have two hours and I keep thinking about work (laughs) waking (laughs) while I try to focus on this game, right? Like that's reality now. But like overall picture, oh my gosh, like... I, I in the news or like on on fucking social media or in the news you read about like terrible shit that happens to kids and I can't like I can't read that shit anymore. Like just imagining life without my kid is like the worst like the worst thing ever. But like before I got married I was like fuck kids. <laughs> <laughs> It was like I don't got time for that parasitic little <laughs> bastards. <laughs> it just costs money and eat and poop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it feels weird to say this too because I'm like sitting here thinking like I I have the same thing with dogs. Like I uh you know the dodo it's like a super popular mm-hmm. um thing. Like whenever I see like a an, a an abused dog, I'm like you are so irresponsible. Like even though Janet takes care of the dogs most of the time, I'm I'm still like (laughs) so irresponsible. Like and and the thing is, our dogs eat like uh, like human grade food. Like you know uh, uh, when there was a the the storm uh, in Texas where everything shut down, Janet we're everybody's freaking out, but we're like Korean, so everything we have is like packaged and ramen and like I'm like we got we got like a portable stove with like gas cans and stuff. We're like we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I grew up in Michigan. It's gonna be okay. (laughs) Um, But like their their food too. I I was I was joking while there's like no lights on. Like don't worry, it's gonna be okay. Like our dogs eat like human grade food. Like literally, the worst thing that could happen is is we eat that. Like I mean. Oh, Still you there. eat the dogs. <laughs> I was this going like, a different direction. I thought you were going to yeah, say like that, something else. That took else. a weird turn. <laughs> that took a weird turn. Oh, no, no. What the fuck? Um, I was like, no, are you no, saying it, that because dogs eat human-grade food that they are good enough to eat as well? <laughs> Damn. Damn. Uh-uh. I literally just said I cannot even watch dogs on... on yeah. uh, like, I, I, legit, I legitimately get like upset because I'm like... I'm like, how could you not take care of them? Like, you literally took this as a responsibility, even though Janet takes care of the dogs. I keep on mentioning that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, uh, like, how could you, how could you do that? It's so, it's so, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess when you're talking about moments in crisis, uh, people will always kind of look after their own and (laughs) themselves. But I'm, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Something that I can't necessarily relate to. Because I get to pick when I see the kids, right? Like, if I don't want to deal with those kids anymore, then I'm just like, not my kids. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they're really active today. But what was funny is that I could tell that uh, they don't deal with the same um, disorder. or they don't, same with the, they don't deal with the same disorder because we were uh, there one, one evening drinking. Because uh, they never get a chance to do that. And, and they're doing, like, hang out with their friends and stuff. Uh, we were there late just doing that, drinking and stuff and playing playing a board game and his kid comes out and goes it's 10 o'clock 
it's it's time to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, damn, did this this really is your kid? Okay, well, <laughs> it's like, I guess we'll go and, and go to sleep. <laughs> it's like ten o'clock. I'm like, I still got like six hours of me. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, it's so like, crazy. It's, it's so crazy where kids learn to say stuff. Yeah, like my my kid just started saying what like three days ago he was like dad give me space whoa <laughs> that's what you and get for raising like, him in in san francisco <laughs> in california i was like what well I, I was like i was like it's bath time like we gotta go take a bath and he's like no no give me space whoa and who's, i'm and i'm like is that is that you or is that no, oh, we've never said that. that. No, <laughs> no, no. We oh. neither of us has said. We were we were both like, where did he learn? He must have learned that from school or some other kid. But but in my mind, I was like, well, okay, this, I own that space. Like that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like you're, you're like that's my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, space. <laughs> you're in my space right now. I own everything. <laughs> that's what I was actually thinking in my head. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I do know, like, Wait. when I was four, I was in preschool, and I had learned the word, I think, either asshole or bitch. And I called my preschool teacher. I think it was bitch. I think I called her a bitch because she was trying to Damn. make me sleep for nap time. And I got sent home, and my mom was like, where did you learn this? And I was like, I, I don't even know where I learned it. I just, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah. You know? I'm so, oh, man. You, you got to be careful. You could have just learned it from some person walking across the street yeah yeah for oh real oh my gosh you just got sent home <laughs> like what the fuck yeah and and your mom well, asked you that like i would have got my fucking ass beat <laughs> i mean i'm pretty sure yeah. there was a different memory I, I i just can't remember everything that happened all i know is like my mom always tells me this story about how i called my teacher a bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my dad said something similar like when we were in well, because I, cause I was born in New York, so, like, we were in New York, and my dad owned a business there, and apparently I was playing video games, um, and my character died, uh, and I yelled out, like, fuck, when, it, when, when I died, and I'm, like, five, <laughs> or, like, six, and, and that's, what, that's why, they, that's the story that, uh, that they tell me that um, that's the reason why uh, we moved to Michigan was because of that yeah i do yeah, ask myself because I, I, I i live in like downtown los angeles or like you know k-town and it's like not a good area necessarily for children and the ultimate like for a lot of families the ultimate moment is like okay we're moving to irvine right that is like the suburban bliss you for made family it. life and, <laughs> but it's not that you made it it's just it's like you're you're crossing to the other side of like in my mind complete boredom and complacency and like uninteresting cookie cutter life but like people do that because it is also like 99% safe and that's the environment you need to be in for, like, for kids. Right. And I, so I have a couple friends that moved to Irvine in that area and they're Korean. Mm -hmm. But another reason is everything's close by so when, you know, when you have kids, you know, time is right. Every second matters <laughs> and they can easily go places and get stuff they need for 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 you know because like you guys over in southern california have to like drive super far to get places right don't mm. you but i heard that's another benefit of irvine gotcha 
Yeah, I know Sean lives there. He's lived in Irvine for like years now. And the first couple of years, I think he was like kind of depressed. Like being in Irvine. And then when he had a kid, like now that he has like a, you know, a two-year-old, he's like, Irvine's awesome. Mm -hmm. Expect for the reason you said, because everything's close. All Mm -hmm. the popular things he liked in LA are like all Mm -hmm. in the same strip mall down the street from his house, you know? So yeah, man. Makes total sense. I might have to eat my words and move to Irvine in a couple of years, you know? (laughs) Oh man. That was me when I first moved to Michigan, man. After living in Seoul. Mm. Oh yeah. Moving from Seoul to East Lansing. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That took some adapting, man. Yeah. Yeah, because you were out like think, in in like Apujong, Gangnam, like yeah, was man. I was just, I went from city life to like a farm town. <laughs> yeah, this was a farm town. <laughs> you go to a house to party. I right. was like, what? <laughs> a house? Where are all the bars? That let in underage people. When yeah, did you dye so, your hair? Why did I? Or when? I guess when, when? and why? I got bored. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, it was it was one of those things where like somebody said I was getting a lot of gray hairs. I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" And then um, I had it in my mind that one of the things that annoys me about the the corporate world uh, is that there's this perception of like age, right? Like age is experience. Like this, if you look older, you're more experienced. You're more, you know, whatever, right? It's it's a subconscious thing, like that well until you unless you know like that that people have like i even researched it and it's it is a thing and there's actually laws against it in uh ages i forgot what it's called like ages well, it's ageism but it's like to to young to younger looking people right like versus like older looking people um because in the u.s i think the older folks are are the ones that are protected the in, mm-hmm. so usually don't see it the other way around when i was thinking i got i got it in my mind where i was like Oh really? Is, am I going gray? Okay, let's fucking let's test this out, right? So I actually got it done professionally the first time because uh, I didn't I didn't know what to do, and it looked it was like the whole head like very gray, and then I just kind of kept on doing it <laughs> afterwards. Uh, yeah, and and learned how to do that too. Like I I have uh, my own like salon. Oh, kits. you got your own kit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I got the I actually got the 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 bulk salon version of it um with like it's like the best kind too because when you're talking about when if you were to have kids you're going to sit there and do research on all the products that's what i do not not the, not just the kids but like anything everything like i'll sit there and i'll, <laughs> I'll research the shit out of everything to get like the optimal product the one that fits within the perfect scope like money versus time versus you know value and then and then this is the one that all the everybody is using so i bought that um, and it turns out you still need to know what, what you're doing, but <laughs> after the first couple of times, um, yeah, I just kept it like, and then like found stuff that works and I do gray. Sometimes I get lazy. I don't do it and it stays kind of like a blonde ish, like a very light blondish. but yeah, gray is the, go- the color I usually go with. Dude, that research comment you made though is so true. I mean, even for me, all the babies, like what I know about strollers and car seats <laughs> and fucking it is it's so fun but did you make a spreadsheet did you make a did you make a spreadsheet huh? 
detailing oh, yeah. all the prices and functions and features and oh yeah yeah i had the tiers yeah and like yeah. safety me- i love like doing that all shit. of that <laughs> oh wow y'all are better but about I, that I, I, did. I got tabs <laughs> i got tabs in a google chrome browser <laughs> close enough dude but like i did screw up on the stroller though because hmm. i i went i went too too hard on the protection and didn't realize my wife wouldn't be able to put it into a car after a year because it was too heavy and bulky. Mm. <laughs> so then I have to do it every fucking time. What if it's too heavy and bulky? What the fuck is it? Like, how heavy could it be? Oh, our, depends our, on how many our, attachments and features are on it, you know? Yeah, was yeah, it like a capsule? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, does it have air, no, its, its own airbags? Dude, it's it was bulky. Like, it, we still have it, but it, it comes with multiple attachments. And you can use it as your kid grows up. Like you switch out the attachments and it, it grows up with your child. So like that stroller that I walked out where I took him out of the hospital with, I could use it today still, that same stroller. But with that comes the cost of, oh my gosh, like it, it takes up the whole trunk of your <laughs> car. So you got, a, my, you got a tank in your minivan? My older sister yeah. is, is like, I think like eight, seven months pregnant, right? So my family has been on like a shopping spree, right? She's the first to have a daughter or like the first to have a child mm-hmm. in their family. And so just left and right, people are just buying shit just all over the place. And my mom is like, what are you going to buy your sister? Like, What are you going to buy your sister? Like buy her a stroller, right? And then oh. I think in my head, I'm like, you know, just because you want me to buy this stroller, that's probably going to cost like $2,000 or some up a baby, mm-hmm. whatever. I just want mm-hmm. to go to Walmart, get one of those cheap $20 strollers and ship it to them. Be like, fine. I bought the stroller. Are you happy now? Like, just like leave me alone. <laughs> like, just, just so you know, that $20 stroller, she wouldn't be able to use till the kid's older. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would send it. They can't even use it for like a, a good two years. Yeah. But I just, I just know baby strollers are like, it's like cars. It's like a huge industry. Oh, I have another, you know, family friend that their stroller has like a leather handle. Like I didn't even know. And then the bottom has like shocks. Like there's shocks on the fucking wheels. Like I thought thought strollers were like kind of like a a made from similar material as like, you know, those big wheels that they used to have. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I thought that's what a stroller is. But no, this thing had like legitimate air ride shocks yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I looked at it and <laughs> mine, i was like mine has shocks that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah mine has shocks they're red and everything <laughs> well, they're, uh, it's, oh, it's it's accented crazy. it's like it's like accented yeah, it's it, like, accented. Uh, like the brakes yeah. like the, the the brake calipers in a in a <laughs> in yeah. a riser wow yeah it's it's really crazy wow oh man dude th- th- there's also a it's i i i've never actually seen this but there's a famous bassinet and it's a thousand dollars and it rocks your baby by itself. What the hell is oh, a bassinet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell is a bassinet? Sean, <laughs> a, a bassinet, Sean bought that. Oh my God. This, it's a thousand bucks. And when it when your baby starts crying, it's like a little, little bed. It, it, it'll rock. It like, it'll start rocking yeah, yeah, yeah. the baby by itself. Yeah. Could you imagine growing so up? It detects the sound. And as an adult, 
you're expecting like the bed to <laughs> like to comfort you because yeah. you feel <laughs> yeah. sad like and you're like why do i feel this way all the time what what did i experience in my life <laughs> that makes me expect yeah. <laughs> that i'm supposed to be comforted in this moment <laughs> but but get this it's a thousand dollars you can use a bassinet for maybe six months oh but like that's after that your your, your kid gets too big so like uh, unless your your kid's puny like six months is probably the average amount of time your kid can be in a bassinet cool so there's lots of hand-me-downs you can get for free or on credit no, but it's a thousand i know people who got it here's another thing every kid is different some kids don't like certain type of rocking you might end up dropping a thousand bucks on a self-rocking bassinet that your Can't kid you just, hates. Like, turn them sideways. Like, turn, like turn the kids like, like is it this direction? Like turn them turn them sideways on the thing so it's like so it's not like back and forth. It's it's like side to side. Does that work? Well, I don't know how is that, this how, one is, works, that but... is that how babies work? I don't I don't know how they I don't <laughs> know how they how do it. <laughs> so, the, so there are different there are different model stuff that like ones that rock this way and ones that rock this way. So, so I'm not gonna lie. I bought like three different ones to figure out which one like, Leon liked. like. A, get the figure eight then, model. Yeah. So he unfortunately only liked the one <laughs> that that was manual. So like, <laughs> he only liked the one where you were there to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fucking little shit. But <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like a little privileged bastard. <laughs> yeah. He he unfortunately liked that one. But yeah, I had a, I had a coworker who who got the thousand dollar one, and he ended up wow. renting it out. He rents it out. Rents to, to it out. Up, to yeah, there's like a wow. whole community where you can like rent out that thing, oh, like man. other baby stuff. But he's trying to make his money back because his wow. kid. It didn't work for his kid. <laughs> can you turn it into an NFT too? <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> What no, is this like Turo for baby products? Because uh, <laughs> I want in on this. <laughs> that's actually I'm like I'm like already like oh that's a sustainable business idea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Dude. thinking. I'm like hmm, I'm gonna make money off of this before I even have children. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we we should get into baby YouTube. Oh, oh I heard about that. There's like Dude. some of these kids that make an, like an amazing amount of money just reviewing toys and stuff. That's correct. Yeah, was well, like the most popular YouTuber in the world is like the seven-year-old Indian yeah. kid or something, right? Yeah, or Filipino yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's all over Target. If you go to Target, he like has labeled products now with his face mm. on it. I saw that it's up uh, as seen on YouTube or something, or like yeah. YouTube popular or whatever. And well, yeah. I'm even talking about like animated, like shows. Oh, like look, cartoons. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you, like. The thing that makes it so sustainable is kids can listen to Itsy Bitsy Spider as long as it's just different over and over. <laughs> like if Isn't that EDM? Like, no, <laughs> EDM. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, like right now, if, if we do adult YouTube, you post something, like there's a worry is like, is yours going to stand out, right? Because there's like a million versions of the same thing. But for kids stuff, these kids watch all million, <laughs> all the variations, all one million yeah. variations, all of the variations. Right. Like they will watch. About that. They will watch all the variations. Like we, I go through and I can't find right now a Humpty Dumpty he hasn't seen. Mm. 
like I scroll through and he's seen like every, I'm like it's, it's starting Dumpty's to repeat. Still a thing? Why oh, why is dude. Humpty Dumpty not the most popular YouTube whatever? Cuz it's uh it's baby shark it, or it's uh, <laughs> those, those birds, <laughs> those talking birds, whatever those things are. Yeah. Is it angry shark? Angry birds? No, all, all these kids have like their own like preference, man. So like there's the Humpty Dumpty crowd, the Itsy Bitsy crowd. Wow, they yeah. have games every, now. That's that's, Every kid loves hand. Baby Shark. It's <laughs> getting out of hand. It's gonna, that's, so yeah. that's why you ask, Tell like, me. when you ask, like, oh, do you think you'll be fulfilled as a as a parent, like, later family life? I'm like, yeah, there's so much other stuff to learn and research. Mm-hmm. And, like, like me, like, enjoying selling stuff. I'm like, what else can I sell? It's, like, baby stuff or kid stuff, you know? Like, yeah, I have yeah. no reason to enter the market now, sense. right? But if I have a kid, I'm like, yo, how can I make my own stroller? Or like, how can, I, how can I replicate up a baby with a Chinese knockoff and sell that shit for half the price? Like, you know, so, yeah, man. And, I'll just, and then my kid will be the model in the pictures. I don't have to like pay for that either. You know, so. that's so true. That's so true. I can see. I can see both of you doing that. I mean, Brian uh, for sure. He'll. You're gonna see him in like a homemade wooden, freaking stroller. Uh, why why would you say that why would you think i was thinking that that's uh i was actually thinking that earlier when phil was talking about being spiteful i was like just cut the pieces and send them the pieces with like a fusion 360 diagram on how to put it together (laughs) like here you little shit you fucking put it together yourself learn some stuff (laughs) but yeah i mean i mean it's uh I, i that's 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 pretty wild to me and i think it's it's there's so many i mean it's it's weird because it, what, what it gets me to think is like, um, you know how like some countries, like the population is actually declining. I saw an article the other day about how millennials are, it's like a, they call us, or I don't know, baby bust, like millennials aren't having kids or something like that. And it's uh, like, we're, well, we're the problem. You and I, Brian, are examples of that. Uh, that's like actually true. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like if I bought a house, it would be for my dogs. Like it wouldn't be for a kid. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know whose kid this is. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's kind of sad though. Cause like, a lot of those people, they're also not having kids because of the cost. That's right? why not, we didn't. It's yeah, because of it, like the awareness of the cost. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's, it, it's kind of sad, man. Well, I think it's different too because like the way we live yeah. is different than than it used to be, right? Like, because uh, the the thing I think about a lot is is actually like how we were designed to live, and I got to that because of course, like like all the, you know like applied psychology research stuff that I'm like still into um, because I'm still trying to figure out like what was the way that we were supposed to do this? Because there's so many people that are like burned out and tired and like parents that the whole fire movement, there's like parents that both have jobs and like people are pissed. And then you got like stuff like Dan Price and then all this talk about the economy and where it was supposed to be and where it actually is and all this stuff that kind of came up and Mm -hmm. It's fascinating because it's like, what did they like? What did what did people expect? I mean, I feel like that um, this whole having a kid conversation, like, and when you see like other countries, like like Japan and even Korea, where like the growth rate is actually de- in decline, right? So there's all that other stuff to kind of think about too. It feels very like dystopian almost. Um, I don't know if you've ever what was that. Was it Universe Twenty Five? It was like there's like this experiment that we could probably do like a, a an actual like report on or uh, like a thing on, but like they created like a utopian like mouse society and they ended up like all pretty much like losing their minds and 
<laughs> and I, like imploding. I know what yeah. you're talking about. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah it's like Miles and they became they all became savages. The rats, yeah, uh, yeah the pretty, rats pretty became much. savage colonies that would yeah. kill mm -hmm. each other. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, there's. I think with the human component, there's a there's a level of consciousness that we could probably <laughs> add into like that that whole thing uh, where we may not do that, but who knows? It's like, but I see mm -hmm. stuff like that happening too. And then we're talking about like the like the the financial implications of having children, what we would rather do, and like all this other. Just it it feels it feels very different than than I don't think we've ever. I mean. And people talk about this from time to time, but it's like this kind of unprecedented time where like we've never gotten this far before. So no one knows how to beat the like no one knows the, the rest of the story of the game or like where it's supposed mm -hmm. to go. So it, I think it's uh, I find it fascinating like kind of um, to think about because it's like what would have happened if I had a kid? I mean, or I like, feel like it's a lot of it's a lot of knee jerk reaction to watching our own parents like sacrifice the way they did for our upbringing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you compound that with the cost of living and the decline in education standards, at least in the United States. Right. Mm -hmm. And you see the mountain or the hurdle you'd have to cross to provide a similar level of like family life that your parents provided for you. But you don't want to do it with the same burdens that they took on. Right. In terms of their own happiness or their, you know, their freedoms. And you're trying to like, how can I get everything I want? Right. Maybe our generation is the one that says, I think I can do all of it better, right? And maybe that's not true, but we're still hanging on to our 30s thinking that we can figure it out before it's too late, right? At least maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's like, how can I do everything I want to mm -hmm. do and have kids the way I want to and have a family life the way I want it and like get to perfection? Like utop my utopian future, but I'm not there yet. So, you know, I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you thought about this. I think about it a lot. <laughs> I think about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that that perspective kind of makes sense because that's not so different than than the uh, conclusion like I arrived to, right? Like that's the reason why I pull out. I mean, that's what you're supposed <laughs> to do, right? <laughs> it works all the time, one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like uh, because uh, I never really sit down to question it unless there's like. A moment in time where i'm like resting <laughs> like it, it'll happen on like a vacation that i i happen to go on like for a week because i just like the vacations are like oh shit i need to get away and then we go somewhere and then i we sit there and talk about like like so what do you want to do like i don't know i never think about anything else aside from like getting to the next thing getting to it's like so uh uh i think maybe it's like a combination of like hustle culture and this whole it feels like indoctrination because one thing that I noticed is that like with this kind of refocus, because like Phil, you were talking about how like when you get bored about another stuff, you like start looking for other things and, you know, all that. Like I do the same thing. And like one thing that I, I had realized because I'm trying to experiment with like actually like what does it take to do the wake up at 5 a.m.? But part of it is like trying to figure out how the fuck to even go to sleep in the first place for me. So it's like I haven't succeeded like to any measure. But one thing that I did discover is like uh, every time I try to like every time I make an attempt, right? Like I realize that I'm thinking about what's going to happen the next day the entire time. Like I'm trying to solve a thing and it might just be like my brain thing, but I can't be the only person that's like like paranoid. Like just my mind is on work. 
I don't mean for that to happen. It just, it's there, right? It's like, okay, this is how I sell the thing and this is how I want to figure it out and all this stuff. And I've, I've heard other people describe like similar things where they like problem solving or trying to, they're like constantly just on the move and hustle. And there's like no slowing down to do the Sunday barbecue thing and Wednesday bowling thing, right? So like that, that time doesn't seem to really exist anymore. And we're like constantly connected and constantly getting updates and like constantly getting all this shit just thrown at us all the time. So I feel like our brains are, actually more wired that way now that i think about it i heard a, heard a thing on that like we've actually been conditioned to be more distractible because like uh, or more distracted because of just the way the technology is designed like with social media and all that and notifications like i can't tell you how many number of unread notifications i have but there's a shit ton on my phone <laughs> actually, like i just i just learned to ignore it now but i've been i've been telling people so like tiktok is like an amazing distraction like it's incredibly effective. And so I actually, I, I found myself spending so much time on it. I had to delete it off my phone mm, just because wow. it it's too, it's too good. Like it's, it's literally mm. just too good of a product. Right. And like, mm -hmm. I had to get rid of it. It was like two hours down the drain every day. Just like swiping, just like, wow. just like what's the next constantly the next distracted. It's, it's just, wow. it's amazing. It's so, such yeah. a great, I mean, our, our, our technology is very distracting. And like, you yeah. have to control it, you know, dude, I actually said that we should have an ethics committee on how we use this information. Cause the reason why it's designed like that is because of how the, the algorithms are designed. They're like, there's deep learning components, but like the deep, the, that is also configured to do more of the, the fucking, how do you get this person to stay on the app sort of thing. Right. And it, <laughs> and we've seen what it does, right? Like we know like it creates like polarization and just it, it's like creates the echo chamber and all that other stuff. We have a tendency to do that to ourselves to some degree, but not to this like massive level of like constantly just being like consuming and like, you know, like just just getting your brain sucked out of like, you know, your your head. I actually do think that it is that there is a I, I wouldn't quite go as far as to say laws because I've, I've heard about that too. Like there's like laws in China and stuff on like who can play game. Was it games? Like I think they put a time limit on it or something like that. Oh, now. like the PC yeah. cafes or something, right? Yeah. It, like, oh, like, no, no. It's, I think it's a, yeah, there's a gaming curfew now, like at, at a certain age, I think like you're not allowed to play a video game. Yeah. Yeah. At I mean, a certain it, time, even yeah. at home. Yeah. I mean, in, in the US, like we, we leave that responsibility like up to parents and stuff, but this, this kind of brings me to the thing with the kids. Right. So like I saw, I, it's, it's just, it freaked, it almost freaked me out a little bit because like what happened was I got, I was looking, we did uh, offer to like babysit the kids uh, uh, one time while they were like handling like errands and stuff. And I just remember like they got really tiring. Like it was, it was, they had so much energy, just they, they wouldn't stop. They just, they would just keep on going. I'm like, you want to go, you want to go on a 10 mile run? Let's, let's, uh, let's go do this. Um, <laughs> but like, I wasn't planning on it, but we had Disney, like we had, I was like, okay, Disney plus has a 10 day trial. <laughs> like we only need it. <laughs> we only need it for Four like hours. the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then um i returned it on and the the it was so it was cr it was almost creepy the way that like the kids was just totally zoned in on like what was going on on tv like silence and and just their 
their brain was like connected with <laughs> with like the Disney network. Like it was just it was like mm-hmm. so uh uh when we see it happen, it's it's a little uh I and that's know, that is the right ultimate word? parenting challenge, right? It's like how long mm-hmm. can you resist just giving them <laughs> right yeah. like how how much patience do i have before i give up and give them tv and i'm sure there's like this mm-hmm. negative feeling of like disgust in yourself when you're like i can't deal with this anymore just take the fucking phone just like please leave me alone right really? after seven <laughs> years after seven years of having to deal with that you feel you feel like would there be any guilt because I, I looked at my friends and they were just like totally fine with it they were like oh god they're, they're being crazy okay turn, turn the tv on <laughs> Well, maybe the Disney Plus. first couple of years you're optimistic that you're going to be a different parent and then you're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> well, how do you know I, I, this, Phil? I, I don't know. Just think about it. I, I, I can tell you, like, I, I definitely don't feel disgust. <laughs> I, I feel I feel saved. <laughs> it's like so relieved. Like I'll pay more. <laughs> They're raising it. That, that they totally should. They should raise the price. <laughs> it's worth more. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, we do we do try to we do we do try to control it right as much as possible. But but man, when you need it, you need it. Mm. Yeah. That's... And, and and when and when when you when you try to use it and it doesn't work. Because that does happen. You're so helpless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So this, lost I, I did not account for this logic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've been chatting for a long time. It's been it's been a great conversation. But uh, yeah, I mean, to to end this though, Phil, um, I guess why don't you close out on? Uh, I don't know. Is based on everything we talked about. Is there any life lesson or anything you want to leave to the listeners i don't know maybe for those that are like it's appropriate that the podcast is named distracted right just Mm -hmm. because i'm always distracted but for those who are of similar mind i guess don't fight it just let yourself be distracted and then learn how to control it like see where it takes you but don't don't try to suppress i guess parts of who you are because you need to feel it and see it to understand it, to learn it, to grow and control it. I think that's something maybe I got lucky in terms of how I was able to, I guess, be in my position today. But yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right, thanks. And and do you want to share also your your um, oh sure side things, uh, your LED business and yeah. So if you like cars and you like LEDs, my company precisionled.com we sell a lot of automotive aftermarket stuff for for lighting so check that out if you if you like renovation or just creative projects uh my instagram watch tmd um i put a lot of creative projects on there that i'm working on and then my youtube channel which is think make do is where i put a lot of long form content for like full scale house renovation builds time lapses explanations of how i make furniture <laughs> I've made LED boomsticks for raves that I put on there as well. So it's just like, it's whatever I fancy an interest, I will try to record it and put it on YouTube so that. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's all. If you want to learn about cybersecurity, you can also ask me about that too. um, From like a career (laughs) advice perspective. (laughs) Dude, anything else? 
Uh, <laughs> I think you might be missing like eight other things. <laughs> and and you can check out his OnlyFans. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a male stripper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Thanks for joining us, Phil. All right. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Hope you all enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to check out Phil's business, Precision LED, if you are into anything that is LED lighting for your cars. Also, do not forget to check out his Instagram, WatchTMD. He also has a YouTube if you're into DIY and remodeling in your home. Think, make, do. Thanks again, y'all, so much for checking out the episode. We will talk to y'all again next time.